This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Today, we're going to have part two of the greatest offensive players in NFL history. Joining me are Arnie Chapman and Dave DePaul. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. Let's see. They got quarterbacks here. Mark, you, you they... kind of tried to move on without giving us your <clears throat> running backs, if you could only pick the four. Um, If I could only pick four? I think that's what you've been going oh, with. This. I don't know. If I could... <laughs> or should we should we make a pick three? <laughs> if I had a pick. You got <clears throat> If I had a you pick. You got to Who are they, Mark? Oh, boy. If I had a 11-man, you know, if I had to pick just an 11-man roster, I guess I'd have to go with the two that most everybody says, uh, Jim Brown and Walter Payton would probably be the two guys. Um, hard to just pick two, but I, I wouldn't have, you know, they got way too many running backs here. I don't think I'd have Marcus Allen on my list or Lenny Moore or, uh, Red Grange, Jim Thorpe. It's kind of hard. Because like Arnie was saying, by the time they joined the NFL, they were already past their prime. Well, Red Grange is a little bit of a different uh, story. So, so Red Grange, he was he, col- he came out and he was like the college. Yeah, he right? he was he did come out right out of college, and he was he's what put the NFL on the map. I mean, he was that good at that time when it, you know like the superstar that comes out. If they had a, a what do you want to call it the. Uh, Oh geez, what do they give the Heisman Trophy award? Like he would have like been their poster child for that. That statue at the Hall of Fame. I that one's that one's Jim that, Thorpe. That that's Jim Thorpe. Okay. In in the rotunda, yeah, Jim Thorpe. Yep. Right. Okay. Uh, they talk. They talk about <clears throat> Red Grange. They said he was. Um, was it was it George Hells that got him to come in or no? Yeah. Well, they, they were saying he worked at the Ice House. Red Grange, didn't he? Yeah, play so the Bears? he, yeah, he went to yes. Illinois, and then he kind of that's he was one of the <laughs> the players where they had to change the whole you can't tamper with college rules because he finished his last college game, and then like a few days later he played on Thanksgiving Day, and, you know, for the Bears, and probably I think it was against the Cardinals too. It wasn't the greatest like game that he had at the beginning, but yeah, he, they went on that barnstorming tour where in like two months he played 27 games across the nation over to California and they would just travel and just play games like basically every other day or every day he had multiple concussions he was the wow. first person in the NFL where they started really giving advertisements to so he made he made a lot of money at that time for an athlete that normally didn't right I think it was I think it was him they were they were interviewing him and he said he met the the president at that time was Calvin Coolidge. He said he met Calvin Coolidge, and Calvin Coolidge asked him, so what, what do you do? And he, Red Grange said, I'm with the Chicago Bears. And Calvin Coolidge said, oh, that's nice. I always like animal acts. 
He thought he didn't even he didn't have any idea what the Chicago Bears was even. You know, uh, before we go on, I just want to say Lenny Moore, Mark. Though I did watch a video on him the other night. Oh, I'm not I saying think he's not. He still not to this day holds the record. He had 26 runs over 50 yards. He was, I think that's still an NFL record. He's he was he was like. Um, you know these all-purpose backs. Again? He That's was like right. the first it's one of those, like Roger Craig. Yep. You know what I mean? He was, he was pretty, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Extremely and, versatile. And Marion Motley, he's on all the lists. I just want to say about Marion Motley. That's right. Yep. He's got the highest average, I think, of all time to this day, 5.7 yards per carry, Marion Motley. Oh, yeah. He was a monster. <laughs> he was tremendous. He was big, yes. You're right, Mark. He was a yep. very large guy. Yeah, he carry half the team on his back. Well, you, you you have to have Barry Sanders on there. Absolutely. You have to have, obviously, Jim Brown. Uh, and you, you, you got to put Emmett. You know, the more I watch on Emmett Smith, not because he was a cowboy, I think we took a lot of it for granted. Well, he had the offensive line and everything. But let me tell you, he had a lot of tremendous runs on his own. He did a lot of shit on his own, really. He was, he was tremendous, Emmett Smith. A lot of people... You know, say, well, he had this line. The line oh, was great so for about four or five years. I'm so tired but of after that, that That's the silliest argument I ever heard. You know how many running backs are in the Hall yes. of Fame that had great offensive lines? Most of them. Yes. So it's just nonsense. And the comparison And, and you got to have Gail Sears on there, too. Oh, yeah. Gail even Sears was great. Was, even though it was a short career. Uh... Looks like they picked, they also picked an extraordinary number of quarterbacks, the 1999 West. Uh, They have Joe Montana, Johnny United, Otto Graham, Sammy Barr, John Elway, Dan Marino, Roger Staubach, Sid Luckman, Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Bobby Lane, Fran Tarkenton, Steve Young, Brett Favre, Dan Fouts, Troy Aikman, Joe Namath. So uh, that's a lot. That's a lot of quarterbacks. Namath was the last on the list. Yes, Mark of all the quarterbacks, yeah. he was. I think he was number one hundred for player, wasn't he? Yeah. On that uh, list, either ninety nine or one. Yeah, he was near the bottom. <clears throat> I'll always defend Namath. I but, mean, but I wouldn't put him in my top one hundred. I would I, I I always do defend him though. But you gotta remember this is a twenty three year old list too. So. Yes. That's right. I'm looking at uh I'm looking at the guys they knocked off that list. By the time that twenty nineteen rolled around the latest list, they knocked off as far as quarterbacks, they took well, Kurt Warner made the twenty ten list. He was a new addition. In 2010, but he got knocked off the 2019 list. And so was Fran Tarkington. I don't know how you take him the hell out of there. I mean, the guy had like just about every quarterback record when he retired. He was he was tremendous. Uh, they took Sid Luckman out, uh-huh. who they claim you had to actually see him play to believe it. They took Steve Young out and they took Troy Aikman out. So those five guys got axed from uh, removed from 2010 for 2019. And I don't know. I always had my five favorite quarterbacks of all time. I I still say they're five of the greatest of all time. 
my top five, and Tom Brady's not in that list, but I know he's great and everything else, but it's just such a different game. But my five for all time were either interchangeable, a couple, maybe five or six, but I had Elway, Unitas, Marino, Starback, and uh, Montana. Uh-huh. And, you you know, in no, in no particular order. Right. I mean, those guys, every one of those guys were, I mean, this one of these books or one of these lists, I think it's 2010, they have Brett Favre against, uh, ahead of Roger Staubach. These people are out of their mind. Please. <laughs> Brett Favre, the guy, first of all, he was a compiler, okay, in my, in my, uh, by, my opinion. And, I mean... They were have looked. They were an eleven point favor against against Denver to win that game, yeah. and they l- ended up losing. Yeah. Um, I thought. I think Favre's the o- o- most overrated quarterback of all time, Brett Favre. A lot Sorry. of people do say I that. Just do. <clears throat> he he threw. Uh, I don't know. He he seemed to get lucky a lot. <laughs> he seemed to get lucky a lot. He would he would throw the ball across the field. You know, he would do all the things you're not supposed to do. And he would get away with it most of the time. Uh, so but he he lost a lot of big games by playing that. He look, I'm not gonna, I won't take that away from. Okay, he got lucky, but he he some of the interceptions he threw were brutal. Even later in his career, when he was playing for Minnesota, and they ended up losing to the Saints. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was a couple. He was just, you know, I'm. I mean, you know, Matt Madden's a guy that really. Contributed to his, um, right? You know, yeah, and he, now he's got, you know, he's had quite a few scandal. It started with the pills. Do you know what I mean when he was with the pills, and that was like in the mid nineties, and then he got crazy with the Jets with that woman, and then the, the recent one with the with the building of the field or whatever the heck they made. I mean, you know, it's you know, that's just it's not on field stuff, but it's just you know, well. wacky. I, I eliminated O.J. Simpson from my team because <laughs> I, I mean if a double if a double murder isn't enough well that's my opinion I can't I can't I can't have him on my list a double murder look the know. quarterbacks are you you, you got to have Montana in there you can't get rid of yep you know the, the guy was the guy was just tremendous. You gotta have Johnny Unitas in there. He's like the father, kind of, of that modern passing era. You know, you know, like right. like like uh, what's his name used to say? Who was the guy that used to go on David Letterman all the time? The lineman there, number Art seventy, Donovan. Art, Art Donovan. Art, uh, Donovan. He said in one sentence, "We had John." He used to say, "That's it." That's all he had. We had John. That's what he said. In other yep. words, that that was it. That was enough. That's all he needed to know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, you gotta have Bart Starr in there because, I mean, he was, you know, Bart Starr was kind of like Troy Aikman before Troy. They played on a running uh, team, but he won championships. That's all they cared about was winning championships. He didn't have tremendous statistics, but he was there. He, 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 you know, he was the quarterback of those, of those championship Packer teams, you know? Bart Starr is not on the 2019 list. And I no, he's not, not on I there. Do, I do not agree with that. I think he should be on that list. You got to have Dan Marino in there. I'm sorry, the guy was way ahead of his time. I know he didn't win any Super Bowls, but that 
83 or 84 season that he had, I'll put that up against any – in its day, it was unheard of. Go look yep. up that 83 or 84 season. All types of passing records. Yep. <clears throat> you know, he was uh, – okay, well, I mean, there's so many – there's different facets to the quarterback position. So if you want to talk about throwers of the football, like I'd say there was – you. Maybe three or four guys that really like one of them was Sonny Jurgensen. He was a tremendous thrower of the football. And so was Joe Namath, I hate to say it. Yep. And so was Dan Marino. Probably three of the best throwers of the football that I ever saw. You know? Yeah. And ever see yep. ever see clips of Sonny Jurgensen throwing the ball behind his back? It's, yep. it's unbelievable. Yep. The ball's yep. coming out like a machine. Yeah, you know, but I mean, he was just a great. He could, and Joe Namath when they, when they, you know those three guys when they threw the ball, they made it look effortless. Yeah, they were throwing the ball sixty yards downfield like it was, and Perfect it was right spiral. on the money. Perfect spiral too. Yep. Yep. I mean, you could say Dan Fouts. Uh, you know, they took him off, but I mean, he was another guy that kind of didn't win any Super Bowls, but he had a lot of pass. They had that passing team, you know, Don Coryell, um, which started with Sid Luck, with uh, Sid Gilman first, and then Coryell. Right. And then Fouts was the beneficiary of all that modern-day passing stuff. He had the Kellen Winslow tight end. He had Charlie Joyner. Who was he? he? had John Jefferson. He had a lot of great receivers. They were like the first real passing, pass-happy team were the San That's Diego right. Chargers of the 80s. Fourth uh Dan Fouts, you know who was the first quarterback to throw for over 4,000 yards, right? Joe Namath. What? I think yes. it was, I think it was maybe 1967. He threw for over 4,000 yards and that held for like 13 years. No, no one came close to that until Dan Fouts. I think in 1980, Dan Fouts became the second quarterback to throw for over 4,000 yards. They were the only two. Yeah. Up, up until 1980. What year did they go to the the four, the 16 game season instead of the 14 game season? 78. So what? What? So that was contributed with that 4,000 yards, maybe because the extra two games. Uh, for Fouts, yes, Fouts had. Uh, I believe so. Yep, Fouts had 16 games. Namus did it in 14 games. Yeah, so that I guess I'm trying to say it's even more impressive because it took him till that oh, year, yeah. but he had two extra games to do it. Yep, yep. Yes. I mean, we're, <laughs> okay, we're running I'm into the, at that 84. Go ahead, Artie. I was just going to say because we're running in now that we've gone to 17 games as of last year, That's we're going to start running into that more again, that whole debate. Yep. Yes. I was looking at the 84 season of Marino because it was just tremendous. I remember this. I was, you know, back then it was really outstanding. 5,084 yards, 64% completion rate. Okay. It was, you know, it was, like I said, I'll put that up again. 48 touchdowns. That, that and was You know, look, the guy, yep, the guy didn't have any. You know, they could say, well, you know, we didn't have a running game. Their defense was not good. They talk about all these different things as to why he didn't win a Super Bowl. But even as I'm looking at his other seasons, 4,746 yards in, in 86, 4,488, 4,192, 
44. I'm just going to go right down the list. He faded out a little at the end, but what are you going to do? But, you know, I, I put him in there in the top five or six. I always include him in there, even though he was not one of these typical guys that had a lot of Super Bowl appearances. No wins at all. Only one appearance, I think. And, um, I mean, you know, you, you look at this list of quarterbacks, that's the problem. Like I said, there's so many different ways you can judge a quarterback. You know, they got George Blanda on the list, for God's sakes. Well, I think I mean, that's because more of his kicking. Probably more because of his kicking. I mean, Bradshaw didn't have the greatest stats, but coming from a guy that watched him play, he killed you on third down. Killed you. He killed the Cowboys in those two Super Bowls on third down, Bradshaw. They could say, oh, he was this. His stats aren't thick. I don't care. What Stats don't tell the whole story. Watch these. That's when the people talk about Aikman. Oh, he shouldn't be. Please. That, I just watched five or six games this week from the 90s. He's 11-4 and four in the postseason, Aikman. He was probably one of the most. Pat Summerall said he was the most accurate passer he ever saw. And Pat Summerall watched a lot of football. He was on the mud. His passes were, it was unbelievable. Not so much at the end of his career, but. There was a seven or eight year period there where the ball was coming out like a rocket and it was right on, like he said, Michael Irvin, I could have closed my eyes and he would have hit me in the hands 10 out of 12 times. Just, it was, you know, so these, when you talk about quarterbacks, there's a lot of leeway for all kinds of different stuff. And I used to say up until about 10 years ago, and I mean, if I were to start a team from scratch, I might take John Elway as my starting quarterback. That's how good he was. You go back and watch his games. How he was big, he was strong. He could run. He had a he had an arm that was like a cannon, and he played in those Super Bowls. They were outmanned, and he ended up winning a Super Bowl in, in his late thirties or two of them, two, should I say? Two Super Bowls. I mean, Bowl, John yeah. Elway was tremendous. He's not. He doesn't get enough credit. You know what I mean? Yep, I agree. You want to go to? They uh, talk about these guys today. They want to build these guys up today, Mark, like before. They haven't won a thing. They want to talk about the guy from Baltimore over there. Uh, what's his name? They want to talk about all these guys. And they haven't really done anything yet. And they make it sound like, look, there were running quarterbacks from, from you know, Tarkington was the first scrambler, really. They had guys like Staubach. They, they were running. They, they make it sound like this is a new thing. You know, Steve Young was a great runner. You know, I know they weren't maybe as fast as these guys. but. It's they make it sound like it's a whole new thing. Yeah, Arnie's team had a good running quarterback, Greg Landry. Remember him? That's right. He was a good running quarterback. That's right. Do you want to move on to uh, Paul Zimmerman's list? Go ahead. Yeah, you have that list yeah. in front of you. Yeah, his list is not as long because, like I was telling you, uh, Sports Illustrated just wanted him to pick eleven man offense. 11-man defense, he said, I can't. That's impossible. But he narrowed it down as much as he could. He picked uh, his top three quarterbacks. He said Johnny Unitas was the best under the old rules, and Joe Montana was the best under the new rules. And he also picked uh, Otto Graham. Otto Graham. And then, automatic auto, yep. Yep, automatic auto. Uh, let's see, running back. Okay, here's where, um, I don't know if I, I think I told Arnie this story, but I don't know if I told you, Dave. Um, 
I wrote to Paul Zimmerman. I still have, uh, it was in 1999, I wrote to him in care of Sports Illustrated, not realizing that the guy lived about 15 minutes away from me. I wrote to him in care of Sports <laughs> Illustrated. <laughs> and he wrote back immediately. He wrote back to me. I sent him my all-time really? list. He wrote back to me. Typewritten. Yeah, I still have the letter. Typewritten letter. And uh, he, he, I sent him my list. And uh, with running backs, he, he said, you can't. He said, you have a good list of running backs. He said, but you can't. He said, anybody could just make a list of great running backs. He said, but you got to break it down. Like he said, you know, you got to pick who was your best fullback. So he said, Marion Motley was the best fullback he ever saw. Uh, you were talking about him earlier, Dave. Said he was a punishing yeah, runner. I agree with you, yeah. And not only that, but he was the best uh, fullback at picking up the blitz. He said, nobody, "Imagine that nobody could get past him on the on the blitz." Uh, Jim Imagine Brown, that. of course. He had Jim Brown. He has Earl Campbell as his best short yardage running back, and he has uh, Hugh McElhenney as his best third down running back. <clears throat> now, Imagine that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, we were talking about Lenny, Lenny Moore before as uh, being very versatile. Uh, Hugh McElhenney was a lot like that too. Very versatile. That's right. So those were, uh, that's what, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, go for just picking a list of running backs without breaking it down. Uh, then a wide receiver, he picked four receivers. And I think we talked about it in the last uh, podcast, uh, how he, Don Hudson was the only player on his list that he didn't actually see play. So he, he flew out to Green Bay to watch game footage of him. And he said he was just astonished. And uh, Mention that? Yep. He has uh, Raymond Berry as his best possession receiver. And like you were mentioning early, earlier, Dave, never dropped a pass. And that's long, nope. long before receivers were wearing the, the special gloves. They, they weren't wearing gloves oh, yeah. back then. Never dropped a pass. No. Nope. Uh, he has Lance Allworth as his best deep threat. And he has Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice uh, was... Uh, kind of an interesting story because he said he interviewed Jerry Rice and you know how John Madden would always talk about uh, what did he call that? Rack, he would say rack, run run after catch, right? He would call it rack, yes. R-A-C. So he asked Jerry Rice how, you know, how did you become so proficient at gaining large chunks of yardage after you caught the ball? And Rice, to his credit, gave Credit to his quarterback. He said, you have to understand, I never had to reach for a ball. He said, I never had to reach for a ball, especially with Joe Montana. He said, the ball was always right there. I never had it. So I never had a break stride was his point. He said, as soon as I caught, you know, the ball was right there. So I never even had to stop running. As soon as I caught the ball, I just continued running. 
And he said that's that's how he uh, gained all that extra yardage running. Uh, he said uh, Rice That was, all stems from Bill Walsh. Right. That's right. You know that? Yep. He designed the plays that way. That was a big thing. Yep. You're right about that. He said Jerry Rice was the best at running a shallow crossing route. And at tight end, he only picked tight two tight ends. He picked, uh, he said Dave Casper was the best tight end he ever saw. And then he picked really? John. Yep. He said Dave Casper. Uh, Imagine and, that. Yeah. Yeah. He was very high on Dave Casper and John Mackey picked. Is Casper in the Hall of Fame? I yes. forgot. Yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame. Is he? Yeah, he was he was great. He he came along and like he kind of he was he was a different kind of player. Like he was catching a lot of balls and you know the Raiders were very popular. They were like the Cowboys in the AFC. They were in the playoffs every year. Right. Yeah. And he was a prime he was a big target like of, you know, Stabler and I mean, he was good Casper. People get overlooked Casper. Yes, I don't know if I'd say does. he was the greatest, but I mean he gets overlooked a lot. Yep. You know, I actually now, just had to uh, look him up. I, mean, I had heard of that name before, but I, yeah, I didn't really realize. I, I couldn't, didn't even know he was a tight end or what position he played or who he played for. Yeah, he was he, tremendous. Yes. Now, um, at offensive on the offensive line, he's got two centers. He picked Dwight Stevenson as his best center. Uh, and really? and Dermonte Dawson from the Steelers. Those were his I two remember centers. him. Yep. Yeah, he was tremendous. Really? Yep. I White could see Stevenson. Stevenson. I don't remember Dawson, although I'd have to look him up and see how many years he played Dermonte Dawson. I think he I think he got cut short by injury. I think. That's possible. I know Dwight Stevenson got cut short by injury. But I, I was yes, talking about did. yeah I was talking about that on the when we were talking about the defense, uh, Paul Zimmerman didn't seem to put a lot of stock into how long of a career you had. Like, you know, a lot of people would argue that Dwight Steve, well, you know, he had a short career. He said, yeah, but that wasn't his fault. He got his. That was actually uh, uh, kind of a controversial play. I think that happened on a Monday night game. Uh, I believe it was a, a interception, and Stevenson was running down the field, and uh, a guy from the Jets, uh, Marty Lyons, nailed him. I remember back, him. Like, yep, he he got him behind, like uh, caught him behind the leg, and I, I I'm sure he didn't do it on purpose, but uh, uh. That was it. That was the end of his career. He blew out his knee. <clears throat> then at offensive tackle. Dermani Dawson. I, uh-huh. Go ahead, Mark. I, I just looked up Dermani Dawson, but he did play from 88 to 2000. He's got a pretty good career. And he, so it wasn't cut short like I had thought. He had uh, seven Pro Bowls. Uh-huh. And that was good because they didn't start voting the so about I think two thousand they started with the fan vote. So right. most of those were players and sixteen first team all pros. 
So half his career, he was a first-team All-Pro. Wow. I just never thought yeah. of him. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, um, a tackle, he's got, uh, he's got four tackles here. He's got uh, Forrest Gregg. Uh, he's got Art Shell. He's got Ron Mix. And Mix? Yep. He actually thought um, Anthony Munoz was a bit overrated. Really? Yeah. He said he had very good... Well, <laughs> he actually told me... Uh, he actually told me not to tell anyone this. In the letter that he wrote... <laughs> But this, you know, he told me don't tell anyone. Right. He said, you know, don't tell anyone this. But he said he spoke to the uh, the offensive line coach. I can't remember what his name was. Of the I Bengals, probably, I probably shouldn't be telling anyone. But yeah, he said he didn't. He said he had perfect technique. Munoz had perfect technique, but he didn't really have. You you were talking about before, Dave. Uh, Two really nasty guys, uh, Eric Williams. Oh, Bob, Br and Bob, Bob Brown, Brown and Eric Williams. Bob Brown, yeah. yeah, both of them. Yeah, they were really nasty. They had that attitude. Like you said, he would headbutt people. And uh, he said Anthony Munoz. He, he had a couple of different movies. He didn't, right. So he didn't have a mean streak, Munoz, he's saying. Right, that's exactly what it was. See, he didn't have that mean streak like Eric Williams or Bob Brown. <clears throat> so um at guard he has he has John Hanna as his best running as the best running uh guard and Jim Parker as the it best was, uh at pan, pass protection. And you were yeah, you were mentioning I can say that, that too. easily. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> Gene Upshaw he thought was a bit overrated. He said he was um uh, uh <laughs> He said he was very good at holding. He was a great. He, he, well, yeah. He sure. could hold. He he mastered mastered the art of holding, where where you know he didn't get caught that much. And the Vikings complained about that. And he had that, that cap. That's right. Yeah, that big. You put those big. He cast. had the cast on his arm, That's like right. Madden said. Yeah. It'd come on every week on Sunday night, and it'd come off on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And um I forgot what I was gonna say. He was Oh the Vikings in that Super Bowl. When they played the Vikings in the Super Bowl, the Raiders, the Vikings were complaining yes. about that, that Upshaw was holding them the whole game. <clears throat> Super Bowl eleven. Right. Well <clears throat> we got That's a very interesting list. Yeah. We got the uh, 2010 list here, which, which which we've kind of gone over a little bit. Um, <clears throat> wide receiver, they got Rice, Don Hudson, Raymond Berry, Lance Allworth. They got Paul Warfield, Elroy Hirsch. They got Michael Irvin and Randy Moss. They and, added those two, correct? Right. Uh. I'm not sure if uh, well, you know, it's this is twelve years ago, but uh, I wouldn't have Moss. I'm looking I, at. I, I wouldn't have Moss in my top one hundred. I don't think I'd have Irvin in my top one hundred, but it is 
This is 12 years ago. <clears throat> Let's see. Mark really doesn't like Randy Moss, huh, Dave? Well, you know. Oh, attitude. I I gather that I, that, <laughs> that attitude. He had less. Moss actually, Moss had less less off-field stuff than Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin was getting crazy at that point of his career. Like Troy Aikman, there was. I'll never forget it. I have it somewhere in my when I used to record a lot of things off the TV set. I have a clip of Aikman getting irate at training camp, saying like, you know, we need to know if he's coming in here or not. And he said, enough is enough. He said, Aikman had no patience for that stuff. That's why I loved him. He, you know, the thing about Michael Irvin is when he's going to court for all these problems that he was having with the, the women there in the hotel room with the, with, the, with the drugs and everything, he said, only one teammate showed up, and it was Troy Aikman. Wow. So, I mean, here was that? the guy who couldn't, who couldn't take it. He couldn't stand it. But yet, to his credit, he went and supported him. Right. You know what I mean? It says a lot right there. Yep. You know? <clears throat> yes. Just but, like You know, uh, some of these receivers, you got to have Lance Allworth, Mark, on that li- on all oh, the lists. Absolutely. I watched a clip on him the other night. He was phenomenal. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Allworth was, uh, I think, up until Jerry Rice, you know, he was considered the best ever. And you no, really, you're right. And I don't, I don't think you could really compare the two because you know the game was so different. the The rules that Lance Allworth played under were so very different than what Jerry Rice, the rules Jerry Rice played under. So no, you're right. <clears throat> but I agree with you. Allworth was dominant, a dominant receiver. Uh, let's see. Want to go to the offensive line? They got Anthony Munoz, this offensive tackle. Anthony Munoz, Forrest Gregg. They seem both of those guys seem to make every every one of these lists. They got uh, yes. Art Shell. And they got two two guys uh, that weren't on the other list. They got Jonathan Ogden. He was with yep. the Ravens, right? And they got Bruce Matthews. Yes. Yep. Yes. Bruce Matthews yeah, played I mean, for, forever, right? So so did his – was his brother uh, the other brother. Matthews with the Browns, the linebacker? Clay, Clay Matthews, yep. He was a linebacker. Yes. And I think the father played too. I think the father played in the NFL. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, Jonathan. Bruce Matthews, he was he – was, uh, you're right, Mark. He played. Uh, uh, I'm looking at his thing here now. He, he played. He he played from '83 to 2001. Wow. Okay. 14 Pro Bowls. Tied Merle, Merlin Olson. Yeah, Merlin Olson so. was 14 Pro Bowls. Also. That's saying something. And seven first-time All-Pro. Seven. Wow. Bruce Matthews. He was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, probably doesn't get the. He was three hundred pounder too. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was. You know what? Some of these three hundred pound guys when they first came in are right. not like the three hundred pound guys. Today. Some of these guys that were like you know Merlin Olsen <clears throat> was up close to three, but these guys had a waistline. These yeah. guys today are brutal. Some of them, you know. I hate to say it. I watched. There was a game I was watching this past weekend. I forgot what it was. 
And like after five yards, seven, eight yards, either way, these guys give up. They stop running. The, and their stomachs are hanging out. Like it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, they got to be good football players to be playing in the NFL at that. But I mean, it's like, the, the, I you know, they could say the players are bigger today and faster and all this stuff. But the quality of play in certain certain aspects is actually going down. You would never see a guy do that years ago. No. Like, just stop on a play. Like, just give up. No. Coaches it's, wouldn't. It's, al- I don't get it. Coaches wouldn't allow it. Now, Arnie, did you see? Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Arnie, did you see? Um, I don't remember what year he retired. Jonathan Ogden. Did you Ogden? see him play? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to, like I said, I seen him and I know of him only and I know how dominant he was in this era, but we didn't really pay much attention to offensive linemen it, just growing up. It right. was, you know, it was, it was, again, it was one of those deals where you only noticed him if your quarterback was sitting on the turf kind of thing. Yeah. But well, he was, uh, he was, cons- yeah, he came out the same year as Ray Lewis. I want to say for some reason uh, that they drafted Ogden before Ray Lewis and they both, this was the first two players ever drafted for the Baltimore Ravens. So talk about starting your franchise off, franchise off on the right foot. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking at him now. 96 to 2007 with 11 Pro Bowls. Wow. Um, of course, a lot of those were fan voted after 2000. But first team all pro four. He uh-huh. was pretty He was pretty good. Yes. I'd yeah. say. I'd say that. Yeah. Man, he was a big guy. Let me tell you. Six. Go ahead, Bernie. No, I was just going to say, like, all those great teams that the Ravens had, like even that season of Jamal Lewis when he had the 2,000 yards, I mean, that's who he was running behind. The, the Ravens get – they're known more for their defense throughout the years, but Ogden was that dominating force. Right. No, you're right about that. Six foot nine, 345 pounds, Mark. That's a big boy. And <laughs> – I think the Ravens were mainly a defensive or known for the defense. They never really had a, they never really had like a, 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 a high tier quarterback. Like they, you know, they, they won the Super Bowl with, with, with what's his name? Trent Dilfer. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, exactly. And then after that, they had guys, but, you know, it was never like, they never really had a high powered offense. They never had like a, a wide receiver that you were going to talk about for the next eight, nine years. They just put guys together, and you got well. That's a credit. I mean, they always have a very competitive team, though. Every year, you know, I think Harbaugh is a very good coach. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they always play you know? solid, just team football is what kind of like how the Titans do. You, it's amazing how they keep making, how they keep winning every. I mean, they haven't had a ton of success in the playoffs, but they really don't have a team. Like when you look at star athletes, other than Derrick Henry, there. No, I, I love uh, the linebacker there, their coach. The, I, 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 went to Vrabel, yep. I wish the Cowboys had him as a coach. This this guy's tremendous. I love him. And you could, you know, you could just tell he's really in tune with a lot of things. And the guys play hard for him. I mean, they got a very average quarterback in Tannehill. They, you know, but I mean, they they come out, they surprise you. They sometimes they win games they're not supposed to game. You know, we're supposed to win. But I think all around, I mean, they lost their best receiver. What's his name? He went to the Eagles there. Um, A.J. Brown. And, yeah, look at him. Exactly. 
So, I mean, I wish the Cowboys had a coach like him. I'll tell you what, Dave, you're speaking of Cowboy coaches and stuff. I'd be remiss if I didn't let you know the Lions are on a two-game winning streak. So we have a winning streak for the first time in a very long time. I got to go ahead and say that on air. <laughs> I told you the last time I talked to you, I really like Dan Campbell. I really do, but I think he's good. And he had the, he had a brief stint with the Cowboys. He was down there. He played with them. But um, he was really with the giant. Parcells brought him over. Parcells was one of those types of coaches where if he really liked you, he brought guys over. He brought uh, the running back with him back to the Cowboys, Anderson. He was bringing guys in. They weren't great. He brought Vinny. Vinny Testaverde came over. The guy was like 93 years old. He played he, certain guys that he liked. He, he would he would try to get them and come over. He did that with the Patriots, and he did it with the Cowboys. You know, but so uh, that was one of the guys. It was Dan Campbell was one of his guys. He liked them, but. So that, that says a lot, I mean, you know, because I always thought Parcells was a very good, very good judge of, like, uh, you know, hardworking players. He didn't always go for the big name. In fact, I think that's why he left the Cowboys, Mark, because when Jerry went out and got uh, Owens, right? I think that really – I mean, I don't think if, Rum, if Romo held on to that snap right. and they ended up beating the Seahawks in that game and they played another – I think Parcells would have come back even with Owens. I know he wasn't crazy, but – I think the crazy way they, that game ended put the nail in the coffin. But yeah. I, Owens was about 70% there because he just right. couldn't stand those kind of guys. Couldn't stand right. them. But we're getting off the, the, the list here. Well, let's get back to that list. Oh, there you go, football history fan. We will get back on track for the top 100 NFL offensive player list throughout time with your host, Mark Mortier, Dave DiPaolo, and yours truly, the football history dude. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe with your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.